Broadcasting live from the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Welcome to episode 63, Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we have John Holston from Northern Colorado Market from Top Notch Agents here to talk to us a little bit about his experience at the National Associations of Realtors Conference just this last weekend, as well as some experience he's had over the many years buying and selling real estate, and also what he's experienced talking to agents around the nation on what business looks like in the future. This is important for investors as well as real estate agents themselves to understand the dynamics behind the National Association of Realtors right now and how pivotal the two roles of consumers and real estate agents working together in this market. John, welcome to the show today. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, Landon. Thanks for having me up. I'm a Northern Colorado real estate market. Uh, I've been in real estate for just about eight years now. I was in uh, law enforcement for 17 years before that and in TV news before that. So I've had kind of a, a varied background, but uh, real estate is uh, where I'm at now. It's been fantastic. Great uh, way to build a business. And um, you know, super excited for where we're at right now and, and for the future. So, uh, yep, I'm in, uh, and then <clears throat> I am along the uh, front range of Northern Colorado, which includes Northern Den- North Denver, uh, Berthoud, Boulder, Longmont, Fort Collins, Loveland. So it's just right up the Interstate 25 north of Denver. Hmm. And, and briefly describe a little bit about how that market's been experiencing. I know before the show, we talked a little bit about uh, a cooling going on over there and the market sentiment changing. Can you talk a little bit about sure. that? You know, when I got started uh, here about eight years ago, um, it was just, we were just turning out of the bad market, right? So uh, really rough times. And uh, I've, during my whole eight years, it's been a fantastic market to be a realtor in. Uh, over the last year, it has started to uh, mellow out a bit, getting a leveling out, more inventory. Things are sticking around longer than they were before, uh, you know, staying available. There the properties that were, were going under contract in hours a year and a half to two years ago are taking weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're seeing a, a real difference there. Uh, what was normal for a long time is not normal anymore, but what we're really experiencing now is more a healthy market, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the we know that the market always seeks balance, and and uh, we were high for a bit, and now we're we're coming back into uh, what would be considered for you know a, a healthy market. What would you say were some of the initial? signs there i mean obviously home staying on the market longer than usual but you've also got perhaps was it jobs was the job growth not growing what was the determining factor in the slowing market 
That's a great question. The problem is, is as you know, in real estate, you know, we the business ebbs and flows. I was uh, in San Diego here a, a few months ago, and I was walking on the beach, and it hit me, man. Real estate is so much like the ocean, right? You have business come in, business go out, tide comes in and out. It's the same way, and sometimes you don't know exactly why things are happening. Uh, it'll just get quiet on you. Is it the season? You know, is it because you're moving into winter? Uh, you know, is it just a natural wall in, in a realtor's own business? I mean, it's hard to know. But, uh, you know, we just had things in general slow down. Um, we, I think that uh, the economy, you know, interest rates had something to do with that for a little bit. And then those uh, went back down. Uh, and so now things picked up. You know, people will also say, well, what is the political atmosphere have to do with buying and selling homes right and a lot of people will say well people were holding off for that so right now so there's some people saying well you know uh the market is slowing down because people are not sure what's going to happen with the presidential election next year mm-hmm. um sure well know, especially it, especially it's just, in that higher it's, you know, i wish i could put my hand my finger on one particular thing that we're seeing as the reason but i, I think it's just a normalization i don't know that there's any one big thing that's causing it Market correction. That's why they call it a correction. correction. Sure, That's right. Sure. Well, John, you had pretty stunning first year in real estate. Um, you're, I mean, you were you were a top salesman in your area. What do you think was the thing that that made you different from everyone else? Yeah. Well, I think um, you know, I one thing that I had going for me, which I tell new agents, you you got to have if you're going to be successful quickly, is a great sphere right sphere of influence and acquaintances again i've been in our community i've been in our community now for about 30 years so i've got a lot of contacts and a lot of people Mm. i stayed in the flow with those people got them uh up to speed on what i was doing uh thankfully this is where you look back and go i'm grateful that i've spent my life treating people well and that Mm. they trust me and and they know that uh i'm not gonna yank them around and that i have their best interest in mind so that was really helpful was having that sphere and then beginning to really connect with them very uh, intentionally. And that's, that's a huge thing for me is advertising marketing is big. And then on top of that, my business model is super simple. Help people buy or sell their home at the right time for the right price. Um, manage the whole process in an excellent way and then have them look back on it and go, that was amazing. That was amazing. That's my business model. Very simple. I feel like we do it well. Um, and I think early on, I established my goals and my expectations for myself. And I've held true to that. People have recognized that. And a lot of my business comes from referrals and repeat clients at this point in my career. But that first year, I think uh, I just had the contacts and the philosophy that uh, in a great market. Right. And I think right. all those th- right. three things came together. Sure. Perfect. Form. Well, John, so you were this last week and you were at the National Association of Realtors uh, conference, right. which was a gathering of some somewhere around 20,000 
realtors. Um, right. Now, you were on the Explo floor from what you were telling me, but you were Correct. still in the mix of all these realtors sure. kind of coming and going and, and talking with uh, several people. I mean, I can imagine right. probably hundreds of people. Uh, what yeah. was what was it like? I mean, what's going on there in, in the National Association of Realtor group now? Uh, is morale high? Where, where are we at? How does it feel? Yeah, so just for a little background for people who aren't familiar with it, the National Association of Realtors has an annual conference, right? Um, the uh, NAR, for short, has approximately 1.3 million realtors who are members. Uh, and this is the national convention. So this year it was in San Francisco. Last year it was Boston. Just as just like any other, a lot of other conventions, it's it's full of breakout sessions and uh, featured speakers. And so that's what they had going on. I, I was on the expo floor uh, with my coaching company, Top Notch Agents. Uh, but uh, I did have a chance to speak with a number of realtors who came through. Um, very interesting to hear about different markets, what's going on uh, with other folks, and to hear their thoughts about what's coming down the road. And a lot of people, you know, as realtors, there's a lot changing on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are questioning what it is going to be like, right? Right. But yes, morale is high. I think that, especially convention setting, you know, there's a lot of sure. uh, motivation going on. So, um, well, John, people are going to keep moving, Landon. The... People are going to keep moving and buying properties. So that right. we can be sure of. True. It's I just mean, a matter of, of uh, doing it the right way. So let's get into some of the meat and potatoes here. So when we've got. And for those that are vegan, like myself, I'm talking about that plant-based meat. <laughs> okay, I'm not condoning yeah. the meat. We can talk about that offline. You guys have sent me emails on that. Um, I am 100% plant-based realtor. Uh, <laughs> I'm 100% meat-based. <laughs> Interviewing the meat-based. So, what, what are the so when we talk about the future, right? So investors and realtors and you know consumers all kind of working together in this digital space that's been created we've got zillow providing you know public information more than they've ever done we've got iBuyers now which is the the ability to buy and sell a home online you know mm-hmm. where you get an instant offer from zillow or some of these other platforms um and you know what is what is it going to look like in five years? I mean, what what are some of the feedback that you've gotten from some of these agents working these these larger markets? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of changes when it comes to the MLS, right? Even especially for the northwest part of our country, uh, there are changes to the MLS system that you're now revealing uh, commissions that the buyers and, and sellers are the agents are taking, and and it's a transparency thing. And that's, that's, that's the that. Department of Justice, that's, right? That that's that's made that. That's that new shift. Is that correct? Right. That's that's one of those one of those things that that uh, the tech, age of technology is bringing, right? And we've had the internet for a long time, for a lot of years now, but. There's just new developments, and that's where those is things. This is where are. the buyer's agent. You're referring to the buyer's agent commission then being Correct. publicly displayed, yeah. which I think it already is on Redfin.com. On Redfin, yeah, starting I think it was uh, September 1st or August 29th, they started doing that. Um, so they're they're up and doing that. A lot of other companies are considering moving that direction, from what I understand. Did they display um, it as a percentage or, or, or dollar amount? How are they doing this? I, I know they're not doing it in our market, but we don't even have the ability to because we don't syndicate that data. My understanding is they're doing it in the form of a percentage because prices change all the time, right? And there's also some different things that will uh, can affect that, that final number. But that's my understanding. But I need to myself get on Redfin and play around a little bit more. 
right? Take a look at how they're doing that. I know they're not doing it in our market, but I haven't gotten like you, like yourself. I haven't gotten a chance to check out the Washington, uh, you know, post and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, in the Northwest to try to see if it shows up over there. But right. uh, okay, so we've got new laws changing in transparency and commissions. Okay, that's going to put a lot of of pressure on buyers agents to explain the benefit of their services which is even more right. beneficial which of- is great and there's nothing right. and that's just fine you know that it is what it is mm-hmm. it makes it a little uncomfortable for us as agents probably sometimes because when you look at a bottom bottom line i mean i went from law enforcement where i was making a certain amount to be in real estate where mm-hmm. uh, i've been very successful you know on another number of levels which is great but the money i'm able to make now compared to what i used to mm-hmm. in real estate uh, the numbers are big but also my expenses are big so uh, it'd be nice if I took home all the money, that, that whole percentage I took away, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. But it's just a matter, of, like you said, mm-hmm. of explaining value. Um, and people need to be able to see that. And I'm able, to, I'm able to show that to my people. I really feel that for sure. So in this new digital world where investors and home buyers just and when I talk about investors I'm talking about you guys that are that are purchasing for a business as opposed to residential home buyers that are purchasing for their primary dwelling or maybe a vacation home. But what is the difference for these folks when they're going to find an agent in the in in 2020, okay? 2020 is right around the corner, folks. In 2020, how are they going to be able to tell the difference between an agent that is able to represent their best interest in the digital world and a resident and an agent that maybe has lost track with the times? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's where we rely on friends and family and other contacts to help us out. Um, You know, uh, we as realtors often, I know I do, I'm sure you do, we have a contact list of people we try to stay in touch with. 15 to 20% of that list that we have will do real estate this year. So, you know, whenever we have people we're working with, they're telling other people mm-hmm. what kind of work you're doing. And so I think it's important to ask around, ask your friends, hey, who, who do you know that's really good? Mm-hmm. Who do you know that, that you trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important thing. And, and you know, the way you find those people, I, I think Zillow is a perfect example, right? I mean, that's the one great thing Zillow does is they do have the reviews. Right. And anytime I close a deal, I send out, um, send out an email saying, hey, please go to Zillow. I mean, every single person. I don't, it doesn't matter if, if it was a stressful deal or not. Mm-hmm. I want people out there to see what they can expect, you know, and thankfully the reviews are great, but I think, you know, I think that's important. Online reviews are important. And the great thing with Zillow is we don't control that, right? Like we're not telling people what to say. They can go in and do that directly. So I think that's one thing you can do. So ask friends and family, ask, um, or look at reviews online, not just Zillow, but all over, Mm -hmm. um, and get a feel for what people are doing there. And then sit down with those people. Right, sit down with them, mm-hmm. and and because it's more than just hey, I'm going to help you buy and sell your home. That's not what it's about, you know. You have relationships, and so uh, that relationship is very important to a successful deal. Mm-hmm. Right, so you got to mesh with the person. So right, the personality know, it, type, sure. Take a look at their education. Take a look at the work they're doing. Listen to their philosophy. Um, look at their accessibility. Look at their Instagram, Facebook. I mean, all those things are not, you know, they're not, they're important in the fact that they show when someone's on top of of what they're doing, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and I think that's important. So, um, man, but I think the reviews are big. and I think referrals are big. And, and you know, the average person knows 10.2 realtors, right? Mm-hmm. 10.2 realtors. What makes me different? <laughs> what makes Landon different? Right. And uh, the reality is that, that uh, the most likely reason someone will go with an agent is the last person they heard from, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But um, do your research, because when you get into a deal and you're working with a realtor, you want to make sure you got the right person on board. And, and that's going to take research on your part. Wow. John, let's get serious about iBuyers for a minute. Yeah iBuyers is something, and if you haven't heard about iBuyers, right, an iBuyer is a concept of an internet buying a home online. Just like you would buy a home in a car, you can post your car, like at CarMax, you can post your, your house online and then get an instant offer. And in some cases, you can go into that home Right, you can get, you can, you find a, a house that's being listed by one of these iBuyer uh, brokerages, and you can use your smartphone, download an app, and you can tour that home without an agent, and you can then proceed to put an offer in on that home without ever even talking to anyone in person. Um, let's talk just a minute about potential pitfalls to that, and also maybe some benefits to that. Yeah, I think the iBuyer movement is fantastic for some people. Okay, the bottom line is. Uh, if you need to sell your home instantly and you don't want to mess with showings and you don't want to fix stuff up and you don't want to uh, deal with the hassles of, of uh, a traditional real estate deal, it could be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but by and large, it is not the most financially sound decision for those who want to walk away with the most for their home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Orbs tells us that uh, their research shows that on average, an iBuyer, uh, using an iBuyer, you'll walk away with 11% less than if you use a traditional a traditional deal. Wow. So uh, it'd be nice. Uh, it is it is very, very convenient for some people. I just met with someone last week, and, and one thing I'll tell you, I, Landon, I'm not a sales guy. I'm not a salesman. Uh, I am, again, in the relationship business, and I want what's best for my buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if it's best for them to look at an iBuyer situation, I'll tell them. And that's exactly what I did last week. These folks needed out of their house quick. I'm like, this is a, a really a no-brainer for their particular situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a great option for some people, but it's a pretty few select, right? But that's up to the consumer to decide that, you know, am I, am I willing to take uh, significantly less than I would if I did the traditional um, real estate transaction? And if their answer is yes, then by all means, look at it. But that's not why most people sell their homes. You know, uh, it, they're looking to move up. They need to walk away with the most they can. So, right. yes, great, great benefit for some people, but not for most. Right. It's kind of that you're paying for the convenience of not having Absolutely. to do your showings, not having to do all that. Absolutely. And, again, and it's worth it for some people. Well, for and, sure. And with the, with the, you know, in some markets that that works, but in a linear market, and that's important to note the difference, right? You've got the cyclical markets and then you've got these linear markets, linear market like right. Oklahoma City, where right. our, our average appreciation is like 3%. So right. we, so when you talk about 11%, right? I mean, that's, that's almost impossible for some folks, especially like you talk about if they're going up to the next house. So you really have to, you know, 
challenge it. Look at look at what you're netting. Look at your actual closing costs. What are you actually getting at the end? And then comparing that. And and would you recommend if they're gonna do an online offer that they also meet with a realtor in person and kind of compare those two yeah. scenarios together? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I when I sat down with this uh, gentleman the other day who was, had gotten a call from an iBuyer, or had, he had called them, they gave him the offer, they broke everything out, and their starting price they felt the home would be valued at was probably thirty to 40000 less than I would have valued it at. Hmm. Um, pretty significant. You know, here in Northern Colorado, for a while there, we were, in, we were enjoying 1% appreciation per month. <laughs> we were 12% a year. And now we've slowed down to probably five to seven percent for the year. Hmm. We'll anticipate that's still great, right. but people out here probably have a little more to play with with the iBuyer situation. But um, yeah, I mean, yes, they they need to meet with more than one person. They need to like, go ahead and, and talk to a couple of iBuyers, you know, but sure. talk to some realtors because I think the bottom line is, you know, by the time that. Um, an I buyer is offering, you know, to sell your house for seven, eight, nine percent fees. Well, that's pretty significantly different in a lot of cases uh, that you could even potentially negotiate uh, your fee with a traditional realtor. Okay, so while we've got you, you're a great resource. Now, John, you being a, a realtor coach, right? You're the one mm-hmm. that is hearing the gripes, you're hearing the right. complaints, you're hearing potentially the problems, you're also hearing the success stories, you're hearing all this mesh. What would you say is the biggest feature that's lacking in today's transaction between a customer and a realtor? And that could be from the consumer side, or that could be from the realtor side, what's missing in there that could make that transaction or that does make that transaction a, 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 a memorable one? Communication. It's very simple. I mean, I think number one is communication. Uh, the frustration that people have with their real, their real estate agent is that uh, they don't hear from them for a while or they're hard to get a hold of or they don't return phone calls. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So communication is really big. The second thing is quality of service. Mm-hmm. Being on top of it. I mean, if you're going to charge a fee, then make it worth it. Make it worth it. Uh, you know, I, I'm committed to world-class service. I'm, I, I look at my my business as a concierge service, and you will come away from uh, an experience with me that you'll love. Mm-hmm. You will love. And, and I feel very confident about that, you know. so But communication is just a huge thing, you know, every day, every week. Um you know, I'll do 60 deals this year as a single agent with my business manager, something like that. And every one of those will get the same attention. I don't care if they're buying a $100,000 condo, which well, actually I wish there was a $100,000 condo around here now. Um, $200,000 condo or a million and a half, you know, or more. They get the same attention. You treat everybody uh, with respect and you treat them with utmost diligence, no matter who they are. And, um, you know, every Monday they're going to get an email from from uh, my business manager, Bethany, and she's going to tell them what's happening this week and deadlines they need to hit, deadlines we're going to be looking out for, you know, things we're going to be doing for them, uh, communication we need to have. Every Friday I'm on the phone with them minimally once a week. Um, so just staying in touch, keeping them up. People just want to know what's going on with their transaction. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. Uh, even if you can't do something today, let them know when it's going to be. So that's something people need to demand from their real estate agent is that um, and expect when they go in is that, hey, I need help. I need, I, I need help. You know, right. um, 
and there needs to be real open communication. I tell people up front, listen, everyone gets frustrated with each other sometimes. I just, I need to know what the deal is. And if I'm not doing something, mm-hmm. either I'm going to have an answer for you why I'm not doing it, or I'm going to say, boy, that's a, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's the boat on that one, yeah? So, I mean, it's just communication, Lane, and I, I think that's the number one thing, and then making sure that, that both sides are talking to each other. What is the healthy boundary of communication though i hear i hear a lot of mixed on when we build a relationship with our agent or we build a relationship with our customer do we want to know everything about their job do we want to know everything about their kids do we want to pry in and deep questions about their relationship i mean what is that healthy barrier and is that different for everyone i think we should know what they want us to know that's that's what i think we should know i mean if they you know i i am happy to speak with them about anything again i tend to be more there's people who are more transactional let's just get this done and mm-hmm. and that's their personal business and let's just make this happen i tend to be more relational at heart anyway so i tend to connect with people on a on that level i do know their wife and kids names typically and and um that's important to most people um but some people it's not so uh you know so i I feel that out up front i mean same thing with communication i'll say you tell me how you like to communicate you want me to call you Mm -hmm. would you like me to text you would you prefer an email do you want to hear from me uh every couple of days do you want to hear from me only when something bad's going on i mean i mean Mm -hmm. taylor your real estate agent uh really should be communicating with you in the fashion that that you need that communication so that's something I set up front with people is just, hey, you know, what do you need? What are you, what are you expecting? What do you need? And try to, to play to that and let them know that you're human and you may not get back to them fast or you may have a family, something going on, and you'll call them as soon as you can. Uh, I tell people, listen, Wednesdays, I try to take Wednesday off, turn my phone off. I've got my business manager and someone standing in for me. If they need anything, there's no gap in business, no gap in service. And we'll take care of you. Um, but I let him know that, or I'll say, you know, Tuesday night is date night with my wife, and uh, I am not available after a certain time. And, you know, so and when you tell people that, it, it, most people are very respectful, and they go, man, that's awesome you do that, because they want a real estate agent who also has boundaries in their own life. Mm-hmm. Because they know if I'm going to prioritize my wife and my kids, I'm going to prioritize them. Right. That's so, right. Um, yeah. I, I know in my life, I mean, we, we've just recently, I mean, we went through a lot in our marriage this last year, and that's part of kind of restructuring the way I do business even is putting Absolutely. those boundaries in there. But we've noticed, I mean, I've made a commitment the last 90 days to showing up for dinner every night for my kids. And let me tell you, for in yeah. our particular situation, we've seen grades increase with the kids. We've seen our family come back together in ways that I cannot describe to you just by committing to eat dinner together every night. Now, that's very difficult as a realtor because, you know, people get off work. They want to go see homes. But we've made it a priority in our particular family, and we've noticed a lot of difference. And you know what? A lot of clients, when I've been able to be upfront with them, you know, we've seen increases in our our children's like grades it, and it's they? making a difference. They like it. They, they right. respect it. Right, because they see that it's real and it's really making a difference. So, like, like you said, you know, communicating and being open is a two-way street. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, the more we're able to say we're a human being, and I think that follows it up with when you have an investment realtor or you have a, you know, even if you're not, if you, even if you're just buying for a pleasure, you still have to take in the financial aspects of your decision. You need to know. Absolutely. I had a client yep. that I'm meeting with tomorrow 
that she's just buying a house just because. I mean, she's granted she's in a great situation with her business. Her business has done great, and she's buying it as a blessing to herself. But mm-hmm. I still remind her, here's the financial potential issues or potential drains or potential issues. I know that you're not concerned with that, but here's what we're providing so that you understand completely you know, what you're getting into. And that's, that's a cost on yep. both sides. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and you guys that are listening, you know, I've had to tell several of you guys, this is a terrible decision. Don't buy this house. Because we sometimes we get caught in, whether we're in California, we get caught in that mindset of, oh, I don't have to make money now. It'll appreciate in the future. That's not always the case, and you need to be able to rely on that local realtor to be able to tell you, you know what, this neighborhood doesn't appreciate. It just, it, I'm sorry, but it doesn't. You know, it's around a military base. We have a lot of turnover, whatever the case may be, but it doesn't appreciate. So you need to make sure your decisions are based on, I love the house, I love the square foot, but not thinking this house is going to appreciate like the rest of the city. Those are hard conversations to have, and I believe a lot of like newer realtors get caught in that, well, gosh, my water bill's due, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got yeah. my car payment well, coming yeah, up. Absolutely. I've got my I mortgage payment, you know? You know, and we, it, it, I, I am totally on board with you. And there are times that, you know, I'll have, especially out here, someone will have a home that would be a perfect investment property to keep as a rental. And they'll say, hey, I, you know, I just want to sell this house and buy another one. And, and to walk them through, go, man, are you, sh- we'll do whatever you want. I'm here to help you. But are you sure you want to sell that house? Right. <laughs> because this is long term. This could be a great investment. A lot of people just say, well, a real estate agent just wants you to sell your house. So they have business. Right. Not me. I mean, it's not my, I, I just want to want to help people make wise decisions, as do you. That's right. You know, and, yeah. Can you, can you think of a tip? I mean, obviously, other than just trying to, trying to read people's, you know, truth, or, truth meter, yeah. um, what are right. some tips that you may have to be able to differentiate when someone's truly genuine in a transaction? You've done enough of these where yeah. if you were a buyer, let's say next year, you knew you had to sell your home. What are some questions that you would be asking your agent about? You know, to find out if, you know, what kind of, are they honorable? Are they trustworthy? Are they thinking of your best interests in mind? Or are they just thinking of their brokerage's best interests? What are some questions that you can ask? That's a great question. And I think that, you know, understanding what is covered in their fee is very important. This is where the value comes in. You know, whenever I list any home, I they know that I'm going to do it. And I'm going to pay for this stuff. I'm going to pay for a pre-inspection. Floor plans to be drawn up, a stager, a cleaner, professional photographer. I'm going to provide all that stuff, and I'm going to pay for it. And that's part of their fee and the value that I'm going to provide them. So ask people. Tell me. Explain to me, kind of where, um, kind of what you're going to do as far as marketing and getting this home ready, helping us. You know, that's that's great for at least understanding their sincerity and helping you and the value they bring. And as far as sincerity, I mean, I guess there's some great, I guess there's some great uh, people who can, well, not great people, but people who can be who can do a great job of pulling the wool over someone's eyes and making mm-hmm. them seem like they're a genuine person. But there's something most of us have that that radar that can tell us something's right or not, you know. And I think right. that's the important about importance of meeting with people personally. Mm-hmm. If you can, I usually will, you know, meet up for coffee and come by my office mm-hmm. uh, wherever they're whatever they want to do, and we just talk. Let's just talk life for a little bit. What are you looking for? And I'm pretty honest with people. I've told them, you know, I don't think, um, I, I don't think we're a good fit. 
for whatever reason, or, you know, they may, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but it, you can't, I'm honest about that, you know? So I think just paying attention to your, what you sense, but ask them about the value, mm-hmm. ask them specific questions about your neighborhood. Uh, look at how many sales they've had in a year. Do they do it full time? Are they a full time real estate agent? There's nothing, nothing wrong with being a part time agent. I'm not down talking that. However, um, if they're a part timer, just make sure you have a good feel for their knowledge of the market mm-hmm. because it may not be their primary job. Right. right. So, well, and their uh, availability too, in, in key negotiation times, yes. especially in a hot market, it's very, you know, right now. You know, you might have six yeah. offers that night. Listen, I want to I want to share kind of this story. You know, when 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 we talk about trying to figure out who people are, there's been so much talk in 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 today's market where just people talk. We have we get we all get bombarded with these spam mails and everybody trying to say yeah. the best. But honestly, it's the first Fruit. What is the fruit of their company? What is the fruit of that person? Absolutely. What actually comes out of the tree that they're growing, right? And we can do that through what you mentioned, John, earlier in this talk, is that people that have come in contact with them, what are they saying about the sales? What are their references? What are their reviews? That's why that review is so important. And you could tell the difference between a canned review and a very specific review. And you want somebody that's going to come in and genuinely help you out. We had a, a case, actually, I met with... Uh, that's why you and I's appointment got delayed. Uh, this was a, a case where I get referrals from a bank that where they try to help folks, you know, cash out home equity in their home when they get into situations. And sometimes they just can't get any cash out because they've lost their job or whatever the case. And they end up referring to a local agent. Well, we're one of the referring agencies for them. Some of these assignments, usually all of them, have very interesting stories. Today, I showed up to a house that the gentleman, the ARV on this house after renovation value was 125, and this gentleman wanted anywhere between 70 and 85 for his home. And he told me that on the phone. I get to this house as soon as I pull up, and I notice. You know, the house is a little bit disrepair, but I kind of knew that from the Google Maps picture. As I go inside, the door opens up, he comes to the door, and he's got, first off, you know, it's completely dark in the house. He's got a propane tank in the living room with a propane tank heater on the top, (laughs) and he's sitting by this heater, and he got no power. I get talking with this gentleman, and he said a year ago, his wife left him. Okay, he comes home and the bills hadn't been paid. His, his wife was handling the electricity and all that. And due to whatever circumstance, the bills, the utility hadn't gotten paid. At the same time, he had had cataracts, eye surgery. He could no longer see and had failed his CDL uh, truck driving class. Okay, and and now he's out of job. And he had spent a whole year. This man, I walk in, he'd spent a whole year in this house with no job and no utilities, okay, as you can imagine. He's two years behind on his taxes, okay, which was, which in our market amounted to about $3,000 for that for that particular property, okay? And so the tendency was to, well, we got to sell this house, right? We got to get this house on the market, which is what a, a good wholesaler would do. However, after reviewing the paperwork, right, we found out that he only owed $3,000. He had finished his cataract surgery already. 
He just needed $275 to take the medical exam and then another $150 to pay for his uh, CDL license renewal fee to get him truck driving again and get money coming in. Okay, And he only owed $375 on his electric bill payment. So he had two cars sitting in his driveway, one of which he didn't even need anymore. So he came up with a plan to sell his car go ahead and pay back the taxes that he owed. He was very short on that and then he he was able to sell another couple of items in his house to be able to pay for that license. And now, a house that had been in his house, in his family for two generations, he's going to keep. And now if he wants to sell it, I told him spend time fixing up these issues because if we try to sell it now, we'd only be able to sell it to a cash investor and you'd yeah. lose thousands and thousands of dollars. So, that's an example, right, of where you're a real realtor. That's what you can, you can put that house on the market, right? That's right. You can do that, but, you know, but it, it's not going to do anything to, to help him in the long run. That's right. Yeah. That's great. That's a great story. But that's but that but that is but that is a that's what the National Association of Realtors was founded on. I hear these stories where it's like Back in the day before MLS, you know, people used to sit, you know, in the living room of the local head realtor, you know, and he would be this wise man or woman, you know, sharing these stories about the market and about what's going on and about investment and just pouring wisdom into all the others. And it was it was yeah. literally it was a the National Association of Realtors was a source of hope and truth in a wild, wild west world mm-hmm. where, you know, yeah. you had snake oil and all that stuff. So I feel feel like we're getting back to those days where online sales and and I, you know, I mean, I get emails all the time from these wholesalers. I get emails from, you know, these, you know, online uh, auction deals where they're trying to auction off property. Oh, but you can't see it. You know, (laughs) you got to stay outside and all these different things. And people are emptying their 401ks to get out of the stock market and and into uh, property. And there's so much, you know, uh, come flip your home, you know, watch HGTV and all this. Now more than ever do we need a voice of truth, you know? And so I, I, I think that's great, John. I mean, we really do that we're equipping people, investors, and home consumer buyers to notice the difference. Listen with your ears. Watch with your eyes what they've done in the past. What is the fruit of what they're saying? Because it may sound really good, but what have they done for other people? And that'll be... Well, you, you and I have never met, but we got to grab coffee. How are we going to pull that off? <laughs> All right, well, we'll have a yeah, we got the same philosophy on a lot of things, and cool. And uh, this job is about people. That's what it's about. And you know, I understand there's a lot of buyers and sellers listening, and and there's a stereotype for what real estate agents are like, and uh, some of them are true, but a lot of them aren't. And a lot of us just want to do what we can to serve others and and help them through difficult decisions that are to be made, and to be trusted advisors and. And uh, that's what I, it's my passion. If you're listening to this and you are a realtor, or you're even thinking about becoming a real estate agent, I want you to get on top-notch agents. John, I want you to tell these folks about your website. I want you to tell them a little bit about what you do, the difference in how you approach this. There's a lot of coaches in this world trying to tell you to, oh, you need to get out there, you need to lose weight, you need to do all this, you need to take this product, you need to do whatever. We're constantly inundated with people telling us all kinds of things we should do. John. How is top-notch agents different? 
Yeah. Well, top-notch agents is different because, you know, when you look at a lot of coaching programs that are out there uh, for business in general, but for real estate, a lot of it's it's high-level motivational rah-rah stuff. You can do it. Um, That's great. There's a place for that. But I prefer to give people solid ideas in solid direction in what they're doing. Um, real estate agents and new agents and, and experienced agents who seek coaching and mentoring, uh, they want fresh ideas, but really more than anything, what they want is accountability and they want to see results in what they're doing. So what we've done at Top Notch Agents is we're helping the brand new agents get started. We're helping existing, you know, uh, uh, veteran agents who need uh, kicking the tail in, uh, we help them. And really what we're excited about is helping managing brokers train and mentor their people. What we're doing is, is we have something called the Accelerator. It's a subscription-based program, top-notch agents uh, is. Uh, but we have something called the Accelerator, and this is where we're different than anybody else. Anybody else is we have a daily task list. So when you are an agent, you log in for the day, You've got your task list for the week. Day one of this career in in top-notch agents, you've got six tasks that you need to complete that day. And we have 52 weeks of curriculum, and we work five days a week, and we get you from point A to point B, and at the end of 12 months, uh, you know what you're doing. And not only that, but we're going to help you do it in a way that uh, it's fun, you play to your strengths, and we help you persevere because this is not a game. Not a game. And if you want to to succeed, you've you've got to do it the right way. I say people need five things to succeed in real estate. Do really well. Number one, they need to know their why. Number two, they need money to start their business. Number three, they need a sphere of people to work with. Number four, they need to end up at the right brokerage when they're starting. And number five, they've got to have the right attitude. And so we help people build those things, and especially if you've got those things in place, we'll help you kill it. I'm just convinced of it. I, I know. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. But topnotchagents.com, free three-day trial membership for people to take a look at what we've got. Don't even have to put a credit card in and get access to that first week and see what we got. But, uh, you know, for some people, it may not be for others, but for less than what you'd make in one closing as a realtor, you get a whole year of coaching, and that's a pretty good deal. Excellent. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Landon. You take care. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.